Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We've called our sermon series on the Ten Commandments the Big Ten. Those ten statements that God gave at Mount Sinai to the people of Israel that guarded and guided them in their moral lives. But what we've noticed as we've begun going through these commandments is that God gave these commandments not to make our lives miserable, but to help us, to protect us, and to bless us. And today we want to see the blessings that God brings, not just through parents, but through all of those who represent him, all of those who has placed over us in authority. This story appeared in Reader's Digest several years ago, and, and maybe you've heard it. It's a story of two friends who went out spelunking, right? Cave exploring. They had a nice long day of cave exploring, and toward the end of the day, they ended up in a cave, deep in that cave, and came upon a sleeping bear. Well, one friend said to the other one, whispering, let's get out of here. He was shocked when his friend took his backpack off, kneeled down and unzipped his backpack. What are you doing, he said. Hold on, it's okay, everything's okay, as the bear began to stir. He pulled out of his backpack his running shoes and quickly unlaced his hiking boots and began changing his shoes into some running shoes. His friend said, what are, what are you doing? We've got to get out of here. The bear is waking up. And as he f finished lacing up those tennis shoes, the friend, is exasperated, said, you'll never outrun the bear anyway. To which the friend answered, I know, I only need to outrun you. treated his friend with not much respect. Um, like bear bait, I suppose we could say. We're not strangers to that in our world today, are we? The complete lack of respect that human beings have for one another and the lack of respect especially that we see for those in authority. Today, God's going to remind us and encourage us by the blessings that he brings us through those representatives. And as our sermon text today, I thought we could read well, I'll call it a story that you probably didn't hear in Sunday school. A story of a couple of bears that brought God's judgment on some disrespect. Listen to these words from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy, they said. Get out of here, Baldy. He turned around looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. And he went on to Mount Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. Today as we take a look at this text, we're going to look at the respect that God wants us to have for those in authority as we review the fourth commandment. Would you please recite the fourth commandment with me as you see it on the screen? Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we do not dishonor or anger our parents and others in authority, but honor, serve, and obey them and give them love and respect. 
As we take a look at this text today on the fourth commandment, we'll use that phrase to have some respect for those that God has placed over us. First of all, as we honor those representatives. And then secondly, as we recognize the blessings that God brings to us through them. This text is kind of interesting and maybe you remember reading it. You probably didn't learn it in Sunday school. But it's about the prophet Elisha. And you might remember that Elisha is the prophet in Israel who took over after Elijah. Neither one of them had a very easy job. They were holding to God's truths and preaching God's truths to a people, the Israelites, who didn't really want to hear them. You might remember that just a few years before Elisha came on the scene, Elijah was despondent, thinking he was the only one left in all of Israel. God showed him that he wasn't and told him that there were 7,000 in Israel who had not bowed down to the false god Baal. But they were pretty alone, Elijah and Elisha, in the, word, in the work that they had to do. And so here's Elisha moving around Israel, preaching the word of the Lord, telling people to change their ways, and he arrives at a town called Bethel. That word, Bethel, means house of God. But it certainly wasn't serving as a house of God at this time. When the two kingdoms, Israel and Judah, split, the Israelites under King Jeroboam set up false worship of golden calves, one at Bethel and another in Dan. And so this place, Bethel, had become notorious for being against God and his word, worshiping false gods. And so these young men, young boys that came out to mock Elisha did so because they had complete, a complete lack of respect, not just for Elisha, but for God and his word. Maybe it's a little interesting what they chose to mock him about, his baldness, apparently. It's interesting because God doesn't give us in Scripture very many physical descriptions of those who serve him, but here we recognize that maybe Elisha didn't have as much hair as the average person. To those of you who are follically challenged, just remember this, someone told me this once, God made only a few perfect heads, the rest he put hair on. But Elisha's being mocked, right? He's being mocked for what he stood for. He's being mocked for being a servant of the Lord. And in that mocking, what these young men were showing is a complete disrespect, not just for God and his word, but for everything that Elisha stood for as well. They failed to recognize in their faithless scoffing that Elisha was there for their benefit, to turn them away from the false gods, to turn them back to a worship of the true God. No respect. I guess we're kind of used to that in our world today. So let's take a look at truth number one from our sermon today. God places his representatives over us to care for our bodies and our souls. Yes, the fourth commandment directly is about parents. Honor your father and mother. But in his explanation, Luther tells us it's about anyone who's in authority because that's what God puts them here to do, to take care of us, body and soul. Those leaders that we would call our government leaders are responsible for taking care of our bodies. Those leaders in our churches, they're responsible for taking care of souls. Do you see why parents have such a unique position? 
aren't they responsible for both? For caring for their children in both body and soul? Maybe you recognize this little caricature on the screen. You have to probably be almost as old as me to recognize who that is. Anybody want to shout it out? Rodney Dangerfield, thank you. At least some people recognize him. He had a famous tagline, almost his entire comedic skit, that everything that he did was based around this one line. No respect. He would pull at his collar a little bit, right? No respect. Nobody respects me, right? And he would go through all the people in his life that didn't respect him. That's the world we live in, isn't it? No respect. And I think about how easy it's become to demonstrate a lack of respect. Social media has only accelerated what has always been around, the ability to be critical, the ability to say things about those who are in authority. And so today what we get as God talks to us in his word is a reminder, an attitude check. How are we doing when it comes to respecting those that God has put in authority? If you're like me, it doesn't take you very long to figure out, I haven't done too well. I think about that. We, we forget too, don't we? We forget the fact that God has placed his representatives over us to bring us good things. God wants to put blessings into our lives through the people that he's placed over us. And when we fail to appreciate, appreciate that they are in their positions because God put them there, that's when troubles happen. We talk back and sass our parents. It's easy for us to roll our eyes at things that they say and things that they want us to do. It's easy to dishonor them in the way that we even think that we're following through and obeying them. And sometimes we simply just say, that line in the sand, that wasn't meant for me. I'm stepping right over that line. Is there anyone here that can honestly say, they can't remember a single instance where they disagreed with something that their parents said, that they dishonored their parents, disrespected them in some way, shape, or form. I bet if you really thought about it, something could probably come to your mind pretty quickly. And then you add on that how easy it is to be critical of those who are placed in those positions. Whether it's our parents or the government leaders or church leaders, it's easy to say to ourselves, well, if I, if I were the king, if I were the president, if I were the governor, this is what would happen. If I were on the governing board or the pastor, I would do this. If I, when I get to be a mom and her dad, I will never do what my parents did. Sadly, I can tell you those words have come out of my mouth and gone through my mind more often than I care to admit. And again, it's a failure, isn't it? It's a failure to see that even though those people aren't perfect, that's not what God is saying. He's not saying that every parent, that every leader in government, that every leader in the church is going to be perfect. He simply says, I've put them there. And because I've put them in your life, I want you to respect them and honor them. God placed his leaders over us for our benefit, to take care of us in body and soul. So here's truth number two that I want you to take home with you today. When we disrespect God's representatives, we dishonor God. They represent God to us and so really it's a slap in God's face. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, but wait a minute. I know parents that really have no none of their children's best interests in mind. I know 
government leaders and church leaders who have abused their power and abused their positions. So what, what about those people? I know this is tough to swallow, but there's only one time that God says it's okay for us to disobey those in authority. And that's when they ask us to go against something that God said in his word. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles said it this way, we must obey God rather than people. It doesn't mean we can't disagree, that we can't have a difference of opinion with those who are in authority. But because God placed them in their positions, even though they are sinful, he wants us to respect them and honor them. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I'm going to guess that most of you have at least, if you've never watched it, heard about Saturday Night Live, right? A comedy sketch show. I think it's been around for over 40 years now, right? They have skits. They have musical guests, guest hosts that come on. And really the tenor of the whole show is the idea that they're going to make fun of pop culture, politics, things like that. And maybe it's done in good fun, But there's a part of me that wonders if that just doesn't capitalize on the way that we all feel. That it's good to mock and make fun of those who are in authority. And how easy it is for us to fall into that trap. To become frustrated with those who don't seem to be doing the job that we would like them to do, whether it's in our homes or or outside our homes. And how easy it is to forget What blessings God wants to bring through those people as he takes care of both our bodies and our souls. Let's go back to the story as we think about having some respect. God's judgment came pretty swiftly, didn't it? It's kind of hard to read that story, isn't it? Here are 42 young men thinking that they're having a great time calling the prophet bald and making fun of him for his baldness. And when Elijah, Elisha called down a curse from God, God acted. And God acted in pretty severe judgment. Two bears came out of the woods. 42 of the young people were mauled. Is there a part of us that just says, Why? Why did God act that way? First of all, I think it's pretty easy to see why they don't put that story in Sunday school material, right? Hard for a Sunday school teacher to explain that. But why? Why does God act so harshly in this situation? I can't tell you all of the reasons. I can't think like God and and neither can you. But I will tell you this. When I'm troubled by God's actions, when I question what God might have been thinking as he did something like that, I've realized this. It's usually because it reminds me of my own sin. How thankful we can be that the last time we disrespected someone in authority, there wasn't that kind of swift judgment from God. That instead, God in mercy allowed us to live and continues to love and forgive us. Forgive us. I can tell you this, from this story, two things that we can take from God's swift and harsh judgment. Number one, it's a reminder and a warning to those who disrespect those in authority. Secondly, it's a support for those who serve in those positions. If you're a parent, if you're a leader in the church, if you are someone who serves in a capacity where God has given you authority over others, God has your back. 
He knows what you're going through and he wants to support you in the difficult job that he's given you to do. So here we are in the fourth commandment and yep, it's another one that I have to place the little check mark by that I haven't obeyed, just like the first three. But I want you to remember something pretty unique about the fourth commandment. What's unique about the fourth commandment is that God has built in this commandment some blessings that he wants you to experience. Did you hear it? We actually read it twice this morning. Once in Exodus chapter 20 when God first gave the commandment and then as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he made comments about that very phrase, that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Of all the Ten Commandments, this is the only one, the only commandment that God has connected a promise to. That when you honor his representatives, it will bring blessings, joy, fulfillment to your life. I guess it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense because those people are in the positions that they're in to take the place of God, to represent God to us. And even in the midst of their failures, they still bring gifts into our lives. Reminds me of another substitute that God sent, another who took our place, who represented God in his life on this earth. And you know I'm talking about Jesus. Think about what Jesus did for you and for me when he took our place. Not one time in his earthly life did Jesus disobey those in authority. Not one time did he disrespect his parents. I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying with agony, sweat like drops of blood coming down his face and saying, if it's possible, let this cup be taken from me. Don't let me go through with this crucifixion, with this death that I'm about to suffer. Do you remember his next words? Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was obedient not just to his earthly parents, but to his heavenly Father as well. And that obedience was lived for you. That obedience was lived for me. As we make that check mark next to the fourth commandment and say, yep, another one that I failed to obey, it's Jesus who comes with his righteousness, with his perfect life and says, it's yours. You get my perfect life. It's going to be credited to you as it, just as if you have lived it yourself. And then Jesus went to the cross. And on that cross, every sin was heaped on his shoulders. Every sin of disrespect, of dishonor, Jesus took those to the cross and paid for them all. So God sees you as holy, as blameless. He calls you dearly loved, his chosen people. And on top of that, he gives you even more love. He says, I'm going to put my representatives into your life so they can teach you even more about God's love, that they can protect you in the world in which you live so that your eternal salvation, which I've won for you in my son, is secured. It's truth number three I'd like you to take with you today. We recognize God's love for us and the blessings he gives through those who represent him. It started with Jesus and it goes through those that God has placed in authority as well. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, the fourth commandment protects God, uh, God's representatives, protects those whom God has placed over us. Consider that for a minute. What a blessing it is to have people in our life, in our lives who care, 
who care about our bodies, who care about our souls. Gifts from our Heavenly Father. Number two, the fourth commandment reminds us God is serious about obeying his representatives. I know I don't always catch myself when I find myself being critical or complaining, but try this. It's helped me some. When I'm tempted to be critical of those that God has placed in authority, when I'm tempted to question why they're doing what they're doing, instead, I pray. I pray for the people that God has placed in authority over me and over others. I pray because it's only God who's going to change their hearts and their minds. Number three, Jesus obeyed the fourth commandment and died to forgive all our sins. That's your joy today. As we walk through these commandments and see the truth of God's word that we fall far short of the glory of God, we also remember that we're justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. You are God's own child and an heir of eternal life with him. If there's one event in Jesus' life that illustrates his willingness to obey all of the commandments in our place, perhaps it's this one. Jesus is hanging on the cross in complete agony of body and soul. But his thoughts were not about himself. As he saw his mother, Mary, at the foot of the cross, standing next to the disciple whom he loved, John, do you remember what Jesus said? Do you remember where his thoughts went? To take care of his mother. Woman, he said, here is your son. Son, here is your mother. What a powerful example of Jesus' obedience to the fourth commandment in your place and mine. As he hung on the cross to pay for our sins, he remembered and thought about his mother. See, like all of the commandments, the fourth commandment too is about getting out of our own way, I suppose we could say. It's about giving up the pride that we have and the things that we want for ourselves and remembering that God has given us so many blessings outside of ourselves as well. And then we think about Jesus. And I think about having some respect and and the respect that Jesus had for his heavenly father to come and pay for our sins. And now when we get home, when we get home to our place with him in heaven, I can almost hear Jesus' words as he welcomes us home. Son, daughter, here, here is your father, your heavenly father, whom you will spend eternity with. Welcome home. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, amen.